The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Well, hey, good morning, Fathom Church online, Fathom Church at home. Uh, Glad to be with you. Uh, My name is Chris. I am uh, the lead pastor here. If I haven't met you, uh, so thankful that you'd spend some of your, uh, your, your Sunday with us here at Fathom Church. Uh, I do want to welcome you if you're a guest, if you are newer with us at, at Fathom. I want to invite you to, to go to fathomchurch.org slash connect and fill out our digital connect card. We'd love to connect with you uh, this week. We'd love to connect you to our church, but uh, church is more than just visiting and, and viewing, but it's also about connecting. So just want to invite you to that. Uh, the second real kind of announcement that I have this morning is that, that we, we, we are continuing to pray for you, uh, for our church. The staff and the elders are committed to this, but uh, we do want to, uh, to offer you a, a chance to solicit your prayer request to us. So uh, if you go to fathomchurch.org slash pray, uh, you can fill out a digital prayer card and we'll follow up with you on that as well this, this week. But we uh, count it a privilege and an honor to pray for you every single week. So please send us uh, your prayer requests. Uh, third, uh, just by way of, of kind of closing out the year uh, to, to our members, to those who call Fathom Church home, uh, giving is all online this year, obviously, with, with COVID. And we are at the very end of our year, year-end giving. I know many of you uh, make kind of year-end contributions to uh, your church. And so I just wanted to let you know that those need to be done online uh, before December 31st. So this is kind of the last call for year-end giving. If, if you do uh, need to send us a check, that needs to be postmarked before the 31st in order for it to get on the books for this year. So just wanted to put that out there, fathomchurch.org slash give. And then finally, uh, yes, we are online and kind of doing Fathom at home this Sunday to give our staff and our volunteer teams this week off. Uh, but next Sunday, January 3rd, we'll be back in person and live streaming uh, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock uh, next Sunday. If you're coming in person, please go to fathomchurch.org to register for, uh, for, for those services. 9 a.m. we'll have full kids as well. So just wanted to let you know all of that. With all of that said, let's, let's jump into our, our last sermon of the year, our last time in the text this calendar year of 2020. Would you please open up your Bibles if you've got them, and I hope you do, uh, to John chapter 15. John 15 is where we're going to spend our time this morning in the text. We'll be reading out of the English Standard Version, just uh, for your awareness there. Uh, And and also, just want to say, I hope you had a really great Christmas. I mean, I hope you did. For those of you who I saw in person on Christmas Eve and to those of you who engaged with us on online, man, I I just hope it was a a wonderful celebration of the birth of Christ. I hope it it filled you with joy. I know it was probably a different Christmas for you this year. Uh, But man, I pray it was a blessing. And now we're going to turn the page to the next holiday. I mean, right? It's the holiday season. We're turning the page to the next holiday, New Year's. And and y'all, let's just celebrate for a moment. 2020 is almost over. Like this is the end of this thing. I mean, we made it through this year, y'all. And I'm not sure if if you're at all like me, but uh, personally, I really like New Year's. Uh, specifically because I really like making New Year's resolutions. Now, I I know it's super hip for people to mock the idea of making New Year's resolutions, but I kind of like it. I I enjoy it. Like, in fact, I really like any new opportunity 
to insert a challenge or a goal into my life, right? This doesn't just happen for me in the new year, but sometimes like on the first day of a new month, I'm going to make a, a sort of like a new month resolution. Okay. So like uh, no shave November, right? I did that all November this year uh, when I was a youth pastor uh, and I had a youth staff, I would make my guys do no shave November. Like it was, it was part of their job to do this. And one of the guys I remember working with early on in ministry, uh, he, he was like half Wookiee, half Chia pet. You know what I'm talking about? Like he was the, the missing link, you know, somebody like this, where literally he would shave like one half of his face. And by the time he finished the other half, the, the, the five o'clock shadow would start showing up on that. You know, you maybe know a guy like this. Well, uh, seriously, during no shave November, uh, one year, he didn't shave at all. And, uh, his, his beard hair started to connect with his neck hair like creating this seamless hair covering. And I remember saying to him, bro, you've got like a felmet. He's like, what's a felmet? I was like, it's a furry helmet. You're a freak, right? Like, uh, so, so, so I love this kind of thing. I love these kinds of monthly things. Uh, I like giving up something for Lent, okay? Uh, I had a buddy who, who uh, once did what he called Sober October. So, so no, no, uh, no alcohol for him for a full month. Uh, I, I once did Mustache March, all right, where I grew a pretty wispy and dirty looking mustache for a month, much to the chagrin of Marcy, who actually renamed it No Makeout March uh, because we did not do a lot of kissing that month. But here, I like resolutions. I like them. I, and New Year's is really a perfect time for these kinds of changes and, and resolve to make changes in our lives. But as followers of Christ, this is also the perfect time of year to really kind of assess what kind of changes we want to make in our relationship with God. And, and Jesus actually, in John chapter 15, gives us some instructions in part of, of what is his final teaching in the gospel of John, what we call the farewell discourse. Uh, and, and so I want, to, I want to read this and use this as a jumping off point for our last sermon this year together. So let's look at this together. John chapter 15, we're going to read verses 4 through 11. Follow along in your text, would you? Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So this is the very end of Jesus' teaching ministry in the gospel, right before he's going to head to the cross, right, to die for the sins of the world. And, and what Jesus teaches is that our obedience 
and like bearing fruit and a life filled with joy are all bound up in one word. And he repeated this word all through that passage, abide. Abide is that word. You hear it over and over again. You want joy in Christ? You abide. You want to grow into Christian maturity? Abide. You want to bear fruit? Abide. So if your New Year's resolution is to become more like Jesus, right? To progress in your progressive sanctification, in your discipleship, to go deeper with God, then the solution is to abide in Christ. Now, for most of us, I'm hoping that's part of what your desires are for 2021. Like, I hope that part of your desire is to grow, like to grow up to go deeper. This should be on all of our New Year's resolutions as Christ followers. It's like this, okay? On the day that uh, my daughter Harper was born, um, immediately, like I knew it when she was born, I loved her completely. Like I loved her fully. But in that same moment, I did want to watch her grow up. Like I loved her completely then, but I also wanted to see her mature and grow up. Actually, I think it actually began before uh, she was born earlier than that, because I remember one of the happiest days of my life was when we were in the ultrasound room. I don't know if you've been there, but uh, but they, you know, they put that jelly, they just kind of squirt that stuff on Marcy's belly, and then it's like it looks like alien on the screen, like an alien is just kind of like swimming around in there, and then the tech. The, the little lab tech, she says, hey, congratulations, it's a girl. And, and, and listen, I didn't have sisters growing up, so I didn't know exactly, but, but I felt like instantly I thought, man, that's my little girl and she is precious. Like in that moment, I already loved her fully. And, and then the scan went on and they're kind of scanning around and I'm just kind of watching the screen and the tech's like, hey, look, she's got hair already which isn't surprising. I mean, I'm a, a furry guy myself, but, but it looks like she's got hair on the screen. It looks like she's got hair all around the back of her head, but then on the top, she's bald. And I'm like, oh no, my little girl's got a skullet. You know what a skullet is? Are you familiar with this? A skullet? It's a mullet with bald on top. And if you've got a, a skullet, listen, I just pray that someone loves you enough to rebuke you in the Lord, Okay. Just hope that that's happening. But listen, I prayed at that moment. I'm like, Lord Jesus, heal her of this malady because it ain't going to go well for the little girl with the skullet, okay? So just like, Lord, change her, okay? Fix her. But, but on the day when she was born, they, 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 uh, you know, they get her out and they, they slip her into that little warmer, kind of like where they put the McDonald's hamburgers, all right? And, and she, they slide her in on that thing. And, and I saw that she had outgrown the skullet and I had this moment of relief. I was like, whew, all right, okay. And I looked at her and she was perfect. And I was her daddy and she was my girl. But listen, I was not in that moment. Like I loved her completely, but I was not in that moment satisfied if she would have stayed that way forever. Like, gosh, I loved her then. And even on days when I still miss that little skullet haired freak, like even on days like that, like I still, honestly, I want to watch her grow up. I want to watch her mature. See, over time, as Harper grows into the woman that God has created her to be, we celebrate that. We excite over those things, that, that change. 
It's actually a very sad and tragic thing to see a child or especially an adult who, who doesn't grow up. It's a sign that something is wrong, actually. And it's a sad thing that we all too often see in kind of American Christianity is is that somebody gets saved, right? Like they get saved. They they become born again. They become a Christian, okay? But then they never really grow up. They kind of just stunt out in that newborn stage and never move on to maturity. And listen, we love to celebrate baptisms and conversions. And we're going to talk even about that next week in our sermon, talking about baptism. But, but here at Fathom, we want to be a place that's serious about the depth that God calls us as we mature as his disciples. See, this is why we say that our mission as a church is to glorify God by making disciples. Like we want you to be discipled. We want you to change. We want you to mature. We want you to go deeper with Christ. So all fall, we've, we've walked through a sermon series that we simply called The Disciplines. If you were with us, you uh, likely remember some of these talks, but we essentially went into great detail and length about how, how we do what Jesus just instructed us to do how we abide in Christ, how we stay connected to Christ, how we grow in obedience and fruit and ultimately joy. If you want to grow up, if, if you want to mature in your faith, you do that through practicing disciplines. Now, let me quote C.S. Lewis, because uh, the only way to be a good pastor is to quote C.S. Lewis. Let me quote him and say this. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. And the way historically that Christians have practiced this is through the means of disciplines, okay? Now, we talked about this for six weeks, uh, some of these historical spiritual disciplines, but what I want to do on this last Sunday of the year is to bring all these things together to kind of help us as we look towards 2021. And and so here's what I want to propose to you. Here's my thesis for you today. Don't make resolutions. Make a disciplines plan to go deeper with God this year. Like, don't make resolutions this year, but instead make a plan for your spiritual growth via the disciplines. Like, yes, resolve is needed. Resolution is needed, but resolve is not enough. It's not, it's not enough. This is why we always fail at our resolutions because resolve will dry up on you. That motivation will dissipate over time and resolve. When that resolve fails you, you need discipline to step in. You need discipline to take its place. You need, hear me, a plan for how you're going to grow. And historically, Christians have created these kinds of plans for spiritual growth. Uh, Sometimes they're called a rule of life. Uh, Sometimes in the social psychological world, uh, they call them life plans. Uh, But we've been calling them, and we, we are calling them discipline plans. So let's dig in uh, to this idea. What is a discipline plan, okay? Uh, And why is it necessary for you going deeper with 
God. Well, uh, Peter Scazzaro, uh, who I quote often in his book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, talks about the idea of like a rule of life or a spiritual discipline plan. Uh, and the root idea that he talks about comes from uh, this Greek idea of a vine and a trellis, a vine and a trellis, okay? Uh, which certainly makes sense considering what Jesus just said. I am the vine. That's what he calls himself. I am the vine. You are the branch. If you want to bear fruit, you got to stay connected to me. That's essentially what he's saying in that whole abide passage in John 15. So a trellis then is a support structure that people would use to grow grapes, vines, okay? And that structure's purpose is to enable a grapevine to get kind of off the ground, to grow upward, and, and become more fruitful and productive. It, get, it gets it off the ground, okay, out of the dirt. It gives it structure to grow, and it even, in some ways, points it in the correct direction for its best growth. So apparently, I don't know much about this. I've never grown a vine, okay? But apparently, a wild vine out in nature will bear a fraction of the fruit that it is capable of, and the fruit that it does bear is at risk of being snatched up by an animal, like a rabbit or something like that. It's, it's in danger. It's vulnerable. Now take that metaphor and apply it to our spiritual growth. You see, a discipline plan is a support structure that helps us abide in Christ and become more fruitful spiritually. I mean, very simply, this is like an intentional, conscious plan to keep Christ at the center of everything we do. And we said this uh, during our disciplines series, okay? We said this, that the disciplines are best when they're practiced in simplicity and consistency. And I know that sounds familiar if you were with us, but, but small, simple things practiced very regularly over a lifetime are the things that produce Christian maturity. So author, professor, author and professor Michael Horton, uh, he, he says this about the Christian life. Let me read this quote. He says, we have grown accustomed to running sprints instead of training for the long distance marathon. We have plenty of energy. The danger is that we will burn ourselves out on restless, ang restless anxieties and unrealistic expectations. So we said these were the things we were going to train in. We were going to train in these disciplines. We were going to practice these disciplines together. And uh, the, the, this discipline plan that I'm proposing, it kind of is the thing that seals the deal and kind of brings it all together into one thing. Another author, let me quote this, this author, Justin Early. He says this in his book on, the, on uh, spiritual disciplines and on the rule of life. He says, there is a difference between what we call education and what we call formation. Education is what you learn and know, things that you are taught. But formation is what you practice and do, things that are caught. We are all living by a specific regimen of habits, and those habits shape most of our lives. So I'll just tell you this, okay? You already have a plan that's developing your spiritual life. It's just kind of an unconscious plan. 
for many of us, okay? It's not a conscious plan. You have a way of living that is discipling you, okay? John Mark Comer, another pastor I like, he points to all kinds of research when he says that the last thing that you kind of put into your mind and the first thing then that you put into your mind each day, so when you, right before bed and right when you wake up in the morning, those significantly form your worldview, okay? And if we're honest, for many of us, that's not God right? It, it, for many of us, it's, it's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's email. It's the Today Show. It's my news app. Maybe it's Fox News or CNN, wherever you land, but it's, it's, it's fed to you. And those are the things that tend to shape your worldview, what you last consume and what you first consume. And a disciplines plan is meant to help us. It's meant to help us take the disciplines that we want to practice kind of deliberately implement them into our lives and thus create a structure for us to grow into the men and women that God wants us to become. So here's what we've done. And we've talked about this already, but I'll do it again. We've created this framework for a disciplines plan that can be downloaded at fathomchurch.org slash disciplines. And, and what I want to challenge every one of us to do is, is that over the next few days, okay, today's the 27th. You've got a few more days before the calendar turns over and 2020 is over and we're in 21. But before this, this week ends, before 2020 ends, I want you to print out a disciplines plan, this little framework that we've given you. And I want you to start writing out your discipline plan for 2021. Okay, so this breaks down our disciplines into kind of like a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually uh, kind of chunks, okay? And I want to encourage you to think through these simple and consistent practices that you can build into your plan. So let me give us a little help today. Here's what I want to do for the remainder of my time. Uh, I want to share with you my disciplines plan. Okay, it won't necessarily look like yours. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more instructive. It's not going to be so much more in the text, but let me just kind of lay out for you my disciplines plan. And I hope this helps out a little bit as you start to think about yours. So let's start with daily, okay? Um, every morning, every morning, I'm up early to spend some time with Jesus. Okay, I, I really, really, I'm just kind of spending time abiding, okay, sitting with Jesus. Now I do, I do it in the morning. You don't have to do it in the morning. Uh, but, but I do it in the morning for a couple of reasons. First, it's just cause I'm a morning person. Like I'm just one of those freaks who doesn't have to set an alarm. I'm just going to be up. Like, I can't remember the last time I set an alarm. So uh, I just, uh, like, I just, I'm up, I'm, a, I'm an early riser. Uh, but, but second, uh, if, if I'm not up before Harper, like if I don't wake up before my five-year-old, I'm going to have a hard time focusing with let it go, like playing on my TV. Like I just, I need some alone time. I need it before my girls get up. Okay. So I start my day there and I need you to hear me uh, with, with, with where I'm at at the beginning of this. Um, I'm really trying not to look at my phone as the first thing that I look at in the morning. Okay, for the first couple hours of my day, I'm going to try and keep my phone on the charger away from me. And listen, sometimes I cheat. Okay, sometimes I break my own rules and, and I regret it. Okay, because if I, if I check my email or I check my texts or I check the news or especially, goodness, check social media, I find myself swept up into things and I don't really want to, to, to be swept up into 
Like I want to start my day. I want my first and my best to go to God. So I try to keep my phone out of reach. Uh, also, all of my notifications on my phone are turned off from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I just feel like that's probably a good rhythm for me. Because hear me, if I if I hear those dings or if I even hear it buzzing on the counter, I'm like Pavlov's dog, like salivating immediately. Like I got to know what's going on. I got to know what that notification is. And normally it's something totally lame, like a sports center update or something. I don't need to know that, but I need that out of my mind. So I start each morning with, my, with no phone. I start each morning with a few things. Uh, the first thing I do is I, I, I just sit. I got this chair in my living room. I just kind of go there. I sit and I, and I try to be still and silent before the Lord. And I, I really just kind of do nothing. Like I breathe. I'm intentional to slow my breathing and deepen my breathing. And I just try to picture myself with Jesus like sitting at his feet. And this is kind of like a Sabbath portion in my disciplines plan. Like every morning, like I try to do almost like a micro Sabbath. This is kind of like a little micro Sabbath rest. And like, hear me, it's super awkward, right? Just kind of like sitting there. Like, well, I mean, there've been multiple times where Marcy has walked, walked up on me and I'm just kind of sitting like, just kind of staring at the wall. Sometimes I'll have my eyes closed. Sometimes I'll have, if I have my eyes closed, I have a tendency to drift off into sleep. So I try to keep my, my eyes open, but, but it's, it's awkward, but I just kind of, I want to start my day in silence with Jesus. Then after about 15 minutes of that, I, I, I kind of open my, my, my prayer journal and I write out my prayers to God. Again, I need to write my prayers out because I just have this, like, I, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be a squirrel, you know, like I'll just be freaking out if I, I can't focus without this. So I open my prayer journal and I just write out my prayers to God. Every morning I'm, I'm talking to him about where my heart's at. I'm talking to him about what I'm struggling with. And then I pray for my family. I I pray for my my neighbors. I pray for you. I pray for my church. And, and I probably spend the next 15 minutes or so uh, in my journal. And then I'll uh, I'll pull out my, 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 my Bible, my scriptures. I'll open up the text and I'll spend time in, in God's word. Like I, I want to be in the word every day. And so uh, I, I use a scripture reading plan. I've always done this. I feel like I need a little bit of a plan. And, and so we've actually got a couple of those for you. Uh, again, fathomchurch.org slash disciplines. Okay. We made two uh, Bible reading plans for you to choose from this year. One is uh, to, to read through the New Testament in, the, in, in one year. And that's a five day a week plan. So it gives you kind of two free days. Um, and then the other one that we've created is, is a, uh, an entire th- read through the Bible in one year. And that's a seven day a week plan. So uh, both of those can be downloaded. Uh, feel free to download those on our website. If you want to join us in, in reading the scriptures this year in 2021, maybe that's part of your thing. So I'm going to use that, that, that whole Bible plan this year. Okay. But I need a plan. Like I need some structure. So I'll read my my three to four chapters in the scriptures and take any notes down that maybe strike me uh, in my journal. And then, and that's about 15 minutes. Okay. Then I'm, I'm kind of done with that. And, and then I, I, I am always kind of reading a spiritual book, something, something spiritual. So I'll always kind of read one chapter out of a book just to kind of feed my soul with kind of the collective wisdom of, of, of Christian history. I'm just trying to read and, and saturate my heart with that. So so with all of those said pieces, that's about an hour. It's about an hour for me in the morning from between 5 and 5.30 in the morning till about 6 or 6.30 in the morning. 
Now then once I'm at work, okay, once I'm kind of in my rhythm of the day, uh, I have my phone set to buzz two times, okay, twice. Uh, My phone buzzes at 11.30 and at 4.00. And when it buzzes, what, what, what that is telling me is that I'm going to push away from my desk, from whatever I'm working on, and I'm just going to take like a five-minute pause. I'm just going to pause, and I'm going to try to recenter myself on Christ. Okay, I'm going to say things to myself like, like Jesus, I, I give what I'm working on to you. Okay, Jesus, you don't love me more or love me less because of what I'm accomplishing right now. And I just kind of center my heart. And if I cheat on that, man, I can feel it. I can feel myself get so wrapped up into my daily that I need to take these pauses throughout my day. And if I'm in a meeting and, the, and that thing buzzes, like I'm just reminding myself as I feel that little buzz that, that it's not just us in that meeting. It's not just us, but, but that, that Jesus is there, that he's present. And it's just this pause to kind of recenter and to abide, to connect once again to the vine. So that's all in my disciple, uh, my disciplines plan. Okay. And then at the end of my workday, when I'm rolling up into my garage at the end of the day, I do one more pause uh, and I take a deep breath. Cause, cause, cause listen, I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know what kind of crazy I'm stepping into as I cross the threshold into my house. And so as I head into my home, uh, I, I do what uh, a black pastor friend of mine, he, he calls tending to the queen. I'm saying on that, you, you follow me on that one? Tending to the queen, or in my case, I'm tending to the queen and very likely a princess, right? Very literally. Sometimes she walks up and greets me and she's wearing a princess dress. But, but for, listen, the next few hours, I'm not done with my day, right? I'm starting what, what I think J.R. Vassar calls second shift. Second shift, right? So, so I'm on with my girls, all right, I, I, um, I'm just trying to be present. I'm trying to help Marcy out. Like, hey, what, what, what are we doing tonight? Okay, what do we, what do we got? Bath? Okay, I'm on it. Okay, you need some help with, with dinner? What do you want? You want me to chop something? You want me to make a salad? Like, I'm in on that. And then once we get Harper down, a couple hours later, Marcy and I uh, get a little time together on the couch. We rest a little bit. And then, and then we, we head up to bed around nine o'clock. I mean, we're early. I'm up early, so I need to go to bed early, Okay. And, and now this one's a little side note. Okay, this is a free piece of marriage advice that I just like to give you, okay? Um, I tell every single couple that I do premarital, encou- premarital counseling with uh, that they should try to go to bed at the same time. Like you should try to go to bed together. Now, listen, this isn't a law, all right? If you don't, like, okay, don't take this as gospel. This is just my advice. I just think it's really a really good thing in marriage to practice going to sleep at the same time, being in bed and falling asleep together. And then listen, Marcy and I, as we jump in bed, the last thing we do is that we pray together. Every single night we pray together. Uh, we pray for people who are heavy on our hearts. We've got three folks right now that we are praying for every single night who are uh, need, in need of physical healing. Uh, we, we then pray for our daughter every single night. We pray for Harper every night. And then when I'm traveling, like even when I'm on the road, like I, we still, we pray over the phone, wherever I'm at, we always pray together before we go to sleep. And then I grab, I'm always reading fiction. So I, I grab a fiction book. I read, uh, you know, a chapter maybe until my eyes are so heavy that I can't keep them open. I shut that, shut off the light and I'm asleep only to rinse and repeat because the next day is coming, you know, eight hours later, it's going to be 5.30 and I'm going to have to do this whole thing again. So that's my daily, okay? Uh, on to weekly. Now, weekly, uh, I fast 
every Thursday from breakfast and lunch. Okay, and I'm doing that every single week for different purposes, all right? Uh, Sometimes I'm fasting for somebody else, somebody in need, uh, somebody who's hurting, somebody who's suffering. Uh, But but then uh, sometimes I'm just fasting because I want to go deeper with God. I I want that power. I want more of him in my life. And if you want to know more about fasting, uh, I I talked all about that in the fasting sermon. You can uh, go listen to that. Then uh, the other thing weekly, my family attends our discipleship group community uh, every single Wednesday night. Not every single, like we miss it occasionally, but that's something we're committed to. And, And listen, I'm a participant of that D group. Like I'm a partaker of that. I am not the leader. I want to just thank Kevin and Jesse for letting me be in their D group. It's their D group. I just get to show up. Uh, but, but as much as I'm the pastor of this church, I am also a member of this church. And I need to be discipled in community the same way we all do. So that's part of our family weekly rhythm. And, and then on Saturday, we, we take our Sabbath because Sundays I'm working, right? Sunday is, I, I am open on Sundays. I ain't closed on Sundays. I have no Chick-fil-A. All right. So I'm open, but Saturday's our Sabbath. That's when we close. That's when we shut it all down. No church work. All right. No phones, no chores, just, just pleasure stacking. I know you guys like, I loved that idea from that sermon, pleasure stacking. It's the Sabbath is the best day of my week. You got to listen to that sermon. If you didn't listen to the Sabbath sermon, it was really uh, helpful on instructing us on that. And then, uh, listen, we are in church every Sunday, okay? This is part of our disciplines. Now, this sounds strange because obviously I work here, okay? So this is my job, but this is also a discipline for our whole family. In seasons when we weren't working in churches, we were attending church every Sunday. This is a discipline. We want to serve and we want to worship with our church community every single week that we are available to do that. And listen, I know this isn't cool like our hip to say anymore. Um, But I really think that if you want to grow into maturity in Christ, you really need to make church attendance a priority in your disciplines plan. I know we, I think we maybe overcorrected a little bit to say, hey, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I think we may have overcorrected as evangelicals away from the necessity that the regular gathering with God's people is in our discipleship process. Please consider adding that into your plan. And and then monthly, okay, or really, I guess more like bi-monthly for us, uh, Marcy and I try and do a date night. Uh, This has become extremely more complicated under COVID. Nothing's open. We can't go do anything. So we're just trying to be creative in that. But but we do that uh, twice a month. We try and do a date night. Uh, we, We also give monthly. This is where we move into generosity, okay? We give monthly. We give our first 10% to, to Fathom, okay? And then, and then we, we've got a couple things above and beyond that. Harper uh, sponsors a compassion child and writes notes to uh, the, the, this little girl. And so we, we do that. We also uh, give uh, some money to a friend of ours who is a uh, inner city missionary to the homeless. So we support him and his family. And then, and then every time uh, there's like a meal train or something like that, Marcy is on it. She is the first to sign up to bring a meal. And listen, if there's like a baby born, she's going to be at Target the next day, dropping a couple of bills out of our pocket to buy some clothes and some toys. Like she just loves to bless and be generous in that way. And I delight in the fact that she loves to do that. She challenges me to be more generous that way. So that's kind of the monthly rhythms. Quarterly, okay, as a family, we try to take a Sabbath Sunday where we're not here 
on uh, a Sunday. Actually, that's required for all of our staff members. Just so you're aware, every single staff member at Fathom is required to take one Sunday away from this place every quarter. That's because this is our jobs. And it's just really important for our emotional and mental health not to be uh, so wrapped up in this that we're here every single Sunday. So we do that. I do that. Um, And then annually, uh, we try and take two weeks off uh, during the summer and then two weeks off after Christmas, which is actually why you're watching this video. (laughs) Like I'm doing that right now. I am not watching this video right now. I'm resting with my family. So church, um, that's my disciplines plan. There it is, okay? And, and as we speak this, this week, I'm reviewing it as I'm taking this time off. I'm reviewing it and I'm preparing to commit to it for 2021. And please note, just this real quick, my disciplines plan has been something that's been developed and kind of reworked and hun, honed in on a bunch over the course of my 20 years of following Christ, Like there's been a lot of work and development to to get to that. And and so just, I want to encourage you to remember to to be simple and consistent, simplicity and consistency. So if you're doing nothing in some of these categories right now, like don't try to take it all on, all right? Like, Like be simple and intentional with something in 2021. Don't try and do what I just told you. Try and do what you need to do to start on this journey of spiritual maturity. I'm encouraging all of us. Once again, here's the thesis. Don't make resolutions. All right, make a a discipline plan. Build a trellis, okay? Build a structure to help you in 2021 to go deeper with Jesus. I've said this all through the discipline series, but but I just want to say it one more time. You can do this. Like you can do this. This isn't only for pastors. This isn't only for spiritual, really spiritual people, right? This is for every one of us. This is for you. This is for me. This is for all Christians. This is how we abide in Christ. And remember the disciplines themselves, that's not the win. The win is becoming a disciple, a deeper disciple. The plan itself, it's not the win. That's where legalism sets in, is when the the act or the plan becomes the win. That's not the win. The plan isn't the win. It's just the means to help us abide all the more in Christ. So let's end our year with that quote from C.S. Lewis one more time, just because we gotta be good Christians and end our year with C.S. Lewis. Let's end that way one more time. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. Or in the words of Jesus, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Full joy. That's what's on the table. How's that sound for 2021? And listen, the spirit of God has not called you to do or to become anything that he will not empower you to walk in. You can do this. Hey, happy new year, church. Love you. See you in 21. Let's pray together. 
Father, thank you for this year. Thank you for 2020 as crazy, as as nuts, as unprecedented as it has been. Thank you for all the work that you've done in our church and in our lives this year. And Lord, now as we start to look towards turning that calendar to 2021, God, we pray that you take us deeper. Lord, our prayer is that you would deepen our uh, love for you, our maturity in you, our discipleship. And through the, these easy, simple, small, consistent disciplines, Lord, would you begin to shape us and form us more into the image of Jesus. Lord, make this year a year unlike any other year before in terms of spiritual growth. Let, let this plan help us d- be developed uh, to, to become men and women who are more fully devoted to you. Thank you, Father, for this. Lord, we do pray we would abide in you. You would abide in us, that our joy would be made complete in you. Lord, I love you. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my church. Lord, I pray blessings over us in this new year. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit.